Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at a couple of different verses. I'm going to probably be grabbing several uh, just out of my head. But what I want to talk to you about is the way of Cain. You know, there's a lot of ways in this world that people are following. Uh, the Bible says there's a, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6 says this, All we... Like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. And it seems like everybody's got their own way mapped out. But I have come to find out that there's really only two different ways in the world. There's our way and God's way. You can make up your mind. You can make a decision as to how you want to live your life and how you want to map it out and where you want to end up, what your goals are. Um, ultimately, our goals in this life uh, should depend or will depend really on what our goals are after this life, where it is that we're going to spend eternity. Uh, my wife, did you push that button for me? You're a good wife. I knew I picked the right one. God sent her to me. But uh, certainly, Jesus Christ says, I am the way. The way. There's not any other way other than God's way. You can have your way. You can do what you want to do. You can make up your mind as to how you're going to map out your life and where you expect to go next year or five years from now or ten years from now. And certainly we ought to lay goals for our life, for our homes, for our families in this world. But if your main goal is not leading your children and your wife, your husband, your family to an intimate love relationship with uh, with Christ through uh, by grace through faith in His finished work on the cross, then all of the all of the plans, the way that we want our life to work out here in this world are in vain. We are doing them for absolutely nothing. But we run into Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter uh, four. Now, if you want to turn there with me. I uh, would appreciate that. We're also going to look, I'll tell you what, while you look up Genesis chapter 4, I'm going to read you something out of uh, uh, Jude. And there's only one chapter in Jude, but it's verse 11 that reads like this, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Now what I want to talk about for the rest of our time this morning is exactly what the way of Cain is. For they have gone after the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Cori. But of course you know the story of Adam and Eve. Uh, God reached down and picked up a handful of dirt and formed out of it a man. And the Bible says that He breathed into the dirt man a breath of life, and man became a living soul. What He breathed into the nostrils of Adam was the breath of God Himself. That pneumos is what the word in the Hebrew is. And the word pneumos simply means spirit. 
So what God breathed into Adam's nostrils was the breath of God or the Spirit of God. And man became an animated creature, a living animal, but he also became a man in, in such a way that no other animal has the capacity that is to come into an intimate love relationship with God where God, the Holy Spirit, is living on the inside of him. And then he reached into Adam and he pulled out a rib and he formed woman, woman, out of the rib of Adam. I know most women think that they uh, give birth to men, but first men gave birth to women. You didn't realize that, but that may be a shocker to your system to realize that women came from men, not men from women. But God pulled women out of the rib of man. And of course, he said to go forth and multiply and to replenish the earth. He had a son named Cain, and he had a son named Abel. And of course, uh, Adam and Eve have sinned in the garden. Dirt came in, life went out, life uh, escaped. The intimate love relationship, the life that they had with God had ended, and they were living a life of darkness and death and separation from God. And God uh, told them exactly how they were to uh, remedy that separation was, well, you've got to have a lamb. There's got to be the shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. You cannot be saved without a lamb. You can't be saved without the remission of sins. And they would take a little lamb, a real little live lamb, and they would cut his throat and they would offer that lamb as a sacrifice to God. And Cain, Adam and Eve had taught Cain and Abel how it was that they were supposed to worship God. And you look in chapter one of verse one of chapter four, and it reads like this. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought forth the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect or not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. So the story is like this. Adam and Eve have these two boys. They teach them what it is that God had taught them. That in order to be made right with God because of your sin, you're going to have to offer a blood sacrifice. And these two boys were as different as they could possibly be. One of them was a keeper of the sheep. He was a herdsman. And the other one was a tiller of the ground. He was a farmer. And Abel decided, well, my parent, my father has told me what it is that God demands from me. I want you to realize something, fathers. You are the high priest of your home and of your family. You are the leader, spiritual leader of your family. I know that we are living in a day where we have turned over those reins to the women of the house. And may I say, shame on us. We should not be allowing the ladies, and I, I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about ladies. Ladies got a job. They've got, they have a purpose. They have a, God has a plan for them. But He also has a plan for us as the husbands, as the fathers, as the high priests 
of the home and the family. I don't think the wife should give up her job that God has given to her to her husband. And I don't believe that the husband should turn over the reins of his responsibilities to the wife. We have been called by God to be the leaders of our homes and our families. Well, Adam had told Cain and Abel, his sons, exactly what it was that God not expected, not what God requested, but what God demands for His uh, forgiveness of their sin. And that is to offer a blood sacrifice. Abel brings a blood sacrifice to the altar. God shows up and sees the blood sacrifice. And he's pleased with it, the Bible says. But Cain, mm, he thought about it. You know, he says, well, I know what my dad said. But uh, I, I believe that God is, you know, he's a, he's a loving and a good and a gracious and a merciful and a kind God, yes, but he had forgotten that God is a holy and a righteous and a just God. Sometimes he is a wrathful God. And all he had in his mind was just half of what God is. And because God is loving and gracious and kind and merciful, He's going to accept me for who I am. And you see, the whole world looks at God that way today. We think that God ought to accept us for who we are. And that He ought to be satisfied with that. But may I say that God is never satisfied with the flesh. God is never satisfied with the sinfulness of humanity. And when we rebel against God and say, well, God ought to, what we are doing is putting ourselves in the place of God and telling God what He should do rather than accepting God's Word and what He has told us we should do. But He didn't, he didn't keep sheep. He didn't raise lambs. Uh, he, he, he grew turnips and rutabagas and corn and all that stuff. And he says, well, you know, I, I really want to offer God something that I have done. I, I mean, the sweat of my brow, the labor uh, of my life. And, and I want to make this beautiful bouquet of flowers and all the things that I've grown. And I'm going to make this beautiful thing and I'm going to lay it on the altar. And God will be pleased with who I am and the, the work that I do. God showed up. And he looked at this laying, I mean, that's, that's a beautiful set of flowers there. Uh, I'm not sure whether they're real or not. I have a feeling they're not. Yeah. <laughs> but they're still pretty, aren't they? God showed up and he looked at that and he says, what is this? And Cain says, well, that's, that's my offering. Don't you like it? That, that's my blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, I literally bled picking those flowers. There were thorns in there. And it wasn't easy to put that stuff together. But I did it because I wanted to please you with my life and what I do. Aren't you happy with that? And he says, no, take it away. And all of a sudden, Cain's countenance fell. Why? Because God had respect to Abel's offering, the blood sacrifice, but he had no respect, no admiration for what it was that Cain had done. And we asked the question, well, why? what was the difference? Oh, is the difference just because God said to do it this way? Well, that's, that's very narrow-minded of God. Well, so is I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you want to make it to heaven, the only way that you can get there is by one way. And of course, that way is not the way of Cain or the way of humanity or the way of flesh. That way is the way of God. 
And we either agree with God. You see, again, you're not saved by believing in God. Nobody has ever been saved by believing in God. It is believing God. What God says is true. That is why Adam and Eve, or Eve, first partook of the fruit that God said, in the day that you eat thereof, you'll surely die. She didn't believe the truth of God. She believed the lie of the devil. And then she turned around and handed it to her husband, who was the head of the house. He should have smacked her in the back of the head, knocked that bite out of her mouth, threw it on the ground, stomped it, and said, what in the world is wrong with you? Do you not remember what it was that God said? And you see, the only thing that really should matter in our lives is what did God say? What did God say? But Cain says, well, no, no, that's not, that's not true. That's not true. Certainly I care about what God says, but doesn't God care about me and who I am? And it's me, 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 I, I, I. And that is narcissism. That is selfishness, self-centeredness. All of a sudden this stuff becomes, instead of it being about God and His glory and His honor, and may I, may I say and remind you, that that is really all that this world, this creation, ultimately is all about. It's about the glory and the honor of God and the finished work of Christ on the cross for the remission of our sins. Grace. For by grace, is that right? I, I think so. For by grace are you saved? Through faith. Faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in what? The the. Actual reality that there is no. No, the faith in the finished work and the finished word of God. For by grace are you saved through faith in that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship. But grace is not inherited like in a blood lineage. I think we mentioned that in Sunday school this morning. That Abraham's seed, of course, Jesus Christ. Singular, seed. But the people that were of Abraham, were not of the blood lineage of Abraham, but they were of the faith of Abraham. And Abraham believed God. Not believed in God, but Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now what we see here in the way of Cain is the very opposite of grace. Do you understand that if you're depending on your lineage... If you're depending on the blood lineage of Abraham or anybody else, if you're depending on the flesh, then that is the opposite of grace. It is merit because of who I am. Because of what I've done. Don't you see me? Don't you love me? Don't you like what I've done for you? And if you don't, then all of a sudden the Bible says that Cain's countenance fell. He came to God with a big smile on his face and a big bouquet of roses and flowers and, and vegetables and things. And when God says, no, take it away, all of a sudden his smile turned to a frown and he became bitter on the inside. Do you understand that bitterness is a cancer that eats away the soul? When you become bitter towards God, bitter towards other people that are being blessed by God, when you wanted to be blessed by God, but God didn't bless you in the way that you felt like He ought to have blessed you, all of a sudden, instead of having faith and submission and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we decide that, well, if God doesn't need me, 
and I don't need Him. The broad and the narrow way. You remember that verse. Matthew, I believe, chapter 7. Straight is the gate that leads to righteousness. Straight is the gate that leads to righteousness and few there be that find it. But broad is the gate and wide is the road that leads to destruction and many there be that go in thereat. You see, Jesus uh, said, "My, my way is not your way. My way is higher than your way. My way is better than your way. But when we and our sin and wretchedness reject God's way, then the way of Cain has become our way. It is a way of self-centeredness and selfishness. I want you to notice this in in verse 3. The way of Cain was the way of mere opinion. You see, it's my opinion. I believe. I think. Uh, I've read the Bible. I, I've read all the way through. I have guys out at the facility on Highway 15 tell me all uh, that all the time. I, I've read the whole Bible. Well, praise God. I'm glad. How many times? And, and then you see that look come on their face. It's like, well, isn't once enough? <laughs> no, no, once is not enough. You need to rewind, rewind that and reiterate it in your mind, pour the Word of God in your mind, in your heart, over and over and over every day of your life, because I'll guarantee you, the fleshly worldliness of the mind rejects the Word of God. And if you only pour it in there one time, it doesn't. the time that it took you to read it, half of that time, it'll be gone before you know it. Because we are worldly, fleshly, and it is spiritual. And the natural man, the lost man, Receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he, for they are fleshly, and he is spiritual. He is, uh, they, they, he is carnal. They are spiritual, and he is carnal, lost, separated from God. So there has to be a way that is different than opinion or flesh or works. Verse 3 said, Cain offered the first fruits. That means the best that he had. Let me tell you something. You take your first or best 15 minutes of your life. I, I don't know what yours is. Uh, be honest with you, I'm not sure what mine is. But I could just pick out any of the best 15 minutes of my life. And God judged me basically upon that 15 minutes only. I rushed into a fire building, went to the third floor, rescued a baby, came in, put it in its mama's arms. Not a hair on its head was singed. Took me 15 minutes to do that. I stand before God. And God says, why should I let you in heaven? And I said, well, Lord... My best 15 minutes was rescuing that baby. I know you was watching. I ran up them stairs with a wet blanket and I fought the flames and the smoke. I grabbed that baby, come back down those stairs, put him in his mama's arm. He didn't have a hair on his head singed. God says, that's pretty good. Depart from me, for I never knew you. And you say, well, why, Lord? I mean, if I'm not judged on any of my sin, any of the rotten things that I've done in my life, none of those count. The only 15 minutes that I'm being judged for is rescuing a baby. How can you condemn me to hell for eternity when you're only judging me for that? He says, because you did that in the flesh. You did that as a lost man. You didn't believe that you needed God in your life. You didn't have any faith in me. You didn't need faith in me. You said, I can rescue that baby on my own. I can live my life by myself. I don't need God. You understand that is ultimately 
where we wind up in a devil's hell for. It's for the same thing the devil himself is going to wind up there for. It's going to be by opinionated narcissism that thinks that we are smarter than God and that we know a better way and that I can rescue a baby or I can live my life no matter what part of my life it is that you want to use or examine. I can live my life out from under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and I don't have to be obedient to the Word of God. I can be obedient to my own mind, my own will, my own understanding. And I can do just fine without God in my life. Secondly, the way of Cain was not only the way of mere opinion, but the way of Cain is a way of ignorance. Ignorance. And you say, well, wait a minute. He wasn't ignorant. Cain and uh, Adam and Eve taught him what the way of God was. That you've got to have a lamb. You've got to have... Yes, but the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 5, it says that these people were willingly ignorant. It's not that they didn't know. Just that they didn't, you know, you know the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Knowledge is information gained. Now, Cain had gained the information from Adam and Eve and ultimately from God, even from his brother uh, Abel. But he would not act on that. You see, knowledge is when you gain information, wisdom is when you put that information into action in your life. And Cain was willingly ignorant of the things of God. And when we make up our mind, I've had pastors even, pastors, I cannot believe I'm saying that. That sounds funny to me every time I say it. I've had pastors tell me if that's the truth, if what you're saying about the Word of God is the truth, I don't want to know that. I'm absolutely stunned. What do you say? When somebody says, I don't care what the Word of God says, I don't want to know that. You know why they don't want to know it? Because they know they're going to be held accountable to it. Well, my friend, I want you to understand something. You're going to be held accountable to it whether you know it or not. You're not held accountable to what you just know. You're held accountable to what you could have known. And you have the possibility to know the Word of God. We're in America. One nation under God, right? Wrong. But we at least do have the freedom... To make this the, the most popular book in the world. The best seller, hands down, the world has ever seen. Every home in America just about has two or three copies laying around catching dust somewhere. But nobody's blowing the dust off, opening the Bible, getting in it, studying the Word of God, hiding it in our heart that we might not sin against God. None of us are actually reading and then after we read it, Assimilate it and live it. We are willingly, willfully ignorant to the things that God, again, He doesn't request. These are commandments that He gives us. Well, thirdly, the way of Cain is not only the way of opinion or ignorance, but it's the way of God's rejection. God's rejection. I didn't say it was the way of rejection of God. But when we follow after the way of Cain, we are following after the way that is going to cause God Almighty to reject us. You say, well, that, that doesn't make sense. I mean, I believe in Him. Isn't that enough? No, the devil believes in Him. He trembles. He's not going to surrender his heart and his life to the Lordship of Christ. And he will not be received welcoming into the kingdom of God by God. 
He's going to be cast into a lake of fire, separated from God for eternity. The way of Cain is a way of rejection. Verse 5 says, Unto Cain and his offering, God had not respect. Now that means that God rejected what it was that Cain offered. Well, God, here I am. I'm offering you. You know, I tip my hat to you. I show up every once in a while on a Sunday morning. I drop a dollar in the plate. Uh, I believe, I, re, I even say a prayer every once in a while. You know, the Bible says, Lord, Lord. Many in that day is going to say unto me, Lord, Lord, we've done all of these works in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me. For I never, ever knew you. Not that I knew you and you lost it, but that I actually never had an intimate love relationship. That's what the word knew means. Adam knew Eve and she conceived and bare a son. And when God says, depart from me, for I never knew you. That means I never had an intimate love relationship with you that resulted in your being born again, a new birth. You see, God changes our hearts on the inside through regeneration and new births. Then we come to Him by faith and are saved and start living the life that God has called us to live. Well, verse 5 was the way of Cain, was the way of God's rejection. Hebrews 10 14 says this, By one offering He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. But Jesus says, of course, and I quoted this earlier, one of our favorite verses in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. Rejection from God any other way. I am the way. Any other way is rejection from God. Then also in verse 5, the way of Cain is the way of pride. And it says that when God said He had no respect for Cain's offering, it goes on to say, and Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. Now why was he angry? Why did his countenance fall? Because of arrogant, stinking pride. Well, you accepted his. What's wrong with me? You see, and it's all about us. Rather, it's not about Abel. And that's what Cain was doing, was pitting himself against his brother. And it became an issue of pride. Why would you accept Cain, I mean Abel, my brother, and yet reject me? And he thought it was a human thing. But it's not. It's never a human thing. It's a God thing. It's a my way or the highway. Thing. And see, they're, they're in, I, I can even say that. And I can almost feel people bristle up when you say, my way, that's what, what my daddy used to say. He'd point a big old finger in my face and say, my way or the highway. You can either live your life the way I've said for you to live it or you can live it somewhere else. The truth is, is that is the truth. That it is God's way or the highway. And in verse 7, God told him that. You look at verse 7 and it says, God speaking to Cain, If thou doest well, shalt not thou be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Sin lieth at the door. If you do good, if you do what I tell you, then you're fine. 
But if you do not do what I tell you, it's either my way or the highway, then sin lieth at the door. And by the way, there's the door. Hit it on your way out. Now see, that makes us stiffen. That even makes us more arrogant, more prideful, more rebellious. Unless the Holy Spirit of God reaches in our hearts and convicts and draws and submits us to Himself. You look at verse 8 and you see the way of Cain was a way of hatred. In verse 8 it says, And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother Abel and slew him. He murdered his brother. Do you know this is the very first act of murder? As a matter of fact, other than the little lambs having their throat slit and you catch the blood and you sprinkle the mercy seat, these are the only animals that had ever died. That had ever been killed until Cain killed his brother. And I believe with all of my heart, it's not there. You've got to read in between the lines to get this. But if he didn't know how to kill anything other than the way they had killed the sacrifices, which was slid. Some people think he picked up a rock and hit him in the head with a rock. He didn't know a rock could kill you. But he didn't know the knife would. I believe with all my heart, he slid his brother's throat. And God said, Hey, buddy. Where's your brother? How should I know? Am I my brother's keeper? God says, what is this that thou hast done? His blood cries out from the ground. God already knew. You see, God already knows. He knows our heart. He knows who we are deep down on the inside. And in verse 11, you see this. The way of Cain is the way of condemnation. Verse 11 says, verse 10 said, He said unto him, hast thou, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth out unto me from the ground, and now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Do you understand that we as the church, we as the people of God, you say, judge not lest thou be judged. Who are you to judge me? You don't know me. I don't have to know you. God knows you. And I don't have to judge you. All I have to do is hold you up to the Word of God. And the Word of God itself will judge you. I can look into your life and see whether your life lines up with the Word of God or not. And God calls us to do that. Every one of us should be looking at our brothers as our our friends and our neighbors, and holding them accountable to the Word of God and coming to them when they're not, putting our arm around them, telling them, we love you, but listen, there's something here that's wrong. You need to change this in your life. Well, who are you to judge me? See, that's, that's the way of Cain. But you see, it's not me that condemns, but we are to judge and to show them the truth. But it's God that condemns. I can't condemn people for who they are and what they do. Why? Because I too am a sinner. But I'm telling you this, that if you don't get your sin under the blood of the Lamb of God, then God's going to not only judge you, but one day God is going to condemn you and separate you from Himself for eternity. See, I'm just saying this, folks. 
But this is this is not a take it or leave it if you feel like it religion. This is something that is eternal. It goes on to say this that that condemnation John chapter three verse eighteen, you know three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Skip over two verses and you find this he that believeth not is condemned already. See, if you do not have your confidence, your faith, your trust, your commitment, everything that you are surrendered to everything that He is, then you are already under the wrath and the condemnation, the judgment of God. And I as a pastor, and we as Christians, should be reaching out into our homes, our families, our loved ones, into the lost world, and sharing the love of Christ with them. And the love of Christ includes letting them know the condemnation, the wrath of God is steadfast and sure that you're coming and you cannot stop it. You will not escape from it. The only way that you have any hope of surviving the wrath of God is by the grace, the mercy of God. You look at verse 13 and you almost have the message. The way of Cain is the way of despair. When God says, you pack your stuff and you get out. You get out. He banished him. And in verse 13, when He banished him, in verse 12, God banished him. Then, then uh, when thou tillest the ground, it's gonna, it's, He punished him, told him what, you know, it, it's going to only bear thorns and thistles. And then in verse 13, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. See, I'll I'll guarantee you this is one of the reasons why the lost world wants to kick the thought of God out of their mind. They want to... Well, why, Why do you think we call them amusement parks? You know what the word amusement means. Ah, no, muse to think. So we go to amusement parks to not think. And we want to drown our mind in the things of the flesh, of the things of the world, in the things of pleasure, in the things of the flesh, that we might not be bothered with the thoughts of condemnation and judgment of God one day. We're going to stand before Him and give an account of our lives. And that right soon. I, I don't know if it's going to wait until we all perish and we meet Him through the ground. Or whether He's going to show up tomorrow and we meet Him through the air. But I'll guarantee you we're going to meet Him. And when we do, we're going to be in despair. Because He's not just casting us off of this earth. He's going to cast us into that place called hell. The lake of fire that burneth forever and ever. And there is no hope. No hope of reprieve. All of the inmates out in my facility where I'm chaplain at, they all have a hope of escape. They all have a hope of going home one day. My friend, when we hear God say those words, depart from me, for I never had an intimate love relationship with you that resulted in you being born again. We're going to depart from Him for eternity. This is the only hope. This is the only place that you get to make that choice. 
as to whether you're going to live a life that brings glory and honor to God. You're going to go by the way, the truth, and the life. Or you're going to choose the way of Cain. Isaiah 1.18 says this, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Come, let us reason together. Do you, do you ever sit down and really wrestle, reason with the Word of God? Well, what does it say in Romans 12? I beseech thee, therefore, brethren. I beg you, I beseech thee, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is the will of God? The way of God. The way of God is the cross. The way of God is grace. The way of God is mercy. Why would you reject that when God is begging you to come? Let us reason together. Hebrews 11.4 says this. Hebrews. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Let me tell you something. One day, one day soon, you're going to leave behind a legacy on this earth. Abel was called away in the prime of his life, in his youth. But his life is still crying out as a legacy. What's your legacy to your children going to be? What's your legacy to your grandchildren going to be? When you die, when you're gone, and they, your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren look at your picture on the mantle and they think about you and they remember who you were, what are they going to remember? The way of Christ or the way of Cain? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for this day. God, thank you for a way. Some people say, well, it's not fair that God only gives us one way of salvation. My friend, please understand that He didn't owe us any way. It is a miraculous thing, oh God, that You gave us a way to escape Your wrath. Help us, God. Prick our hearts. Illuminate our minds. Draw us to Yourself. Help us, God, to see our greatest need in this world. We'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.